You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to episode 199 of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. And we're going to talk about one of the biggest stories of our lives and the major changes that that story is undergoing right now. This is not an exaggeration. Do you ever get the feeling that the world around you is quickly moving from a world of science fact to a one of science fiction? Well, I have news for you. It's not your imagination. You are not losing your mind. It is really happening. And the reason is, well, it can be put into two words, digital technology. Most people are still really not aware of the full impact, the implications of digital technology in our lives. And depending on the lens through which you view it, it's either going to be a nightmare or it could be an exciting possibility that could bring us into a new, abundant world, almost a paradise. Which point of view or which story do you wish to live into? I am choosing the latter. I am choosing the positive view of digital technology and the changes that it's bringing about. And we're going to focus, certainly by the end of this episode, on the biggest explosive science fiction-like change that we're, that's called the singularity. I'll get to it in a moment. I'll define it. It'll all be clear. But let's start looking at ways in which digital technology is already beginning to touch our lives. The areas in which um, it's affecting major change, disruption, uh, progress, depending again on how you're looking at it. Let's look at the world of manufacturing You've all heard about 3D printing. Some of you may know more about it about it than others. If you don't know much about it, start reading about it because it's absolutely fascinating. And this is not just theoretical. This is happening now. 3D printers can print almost anything on demand. When I say almost anything, I literally mean that. I live in Toronto, and our central public library, the branch, has a 3D printing machine. So if I have a prototype of something that I want to create quickly, I can go there and rent that machine for an hour or two or whatever time I need and 
create this thing or this object, manufacture it on demand. 3D printing is... um, Let me explain something very basic and simple about it. It's called additive manufacturing as opposed to the manufacturing that came to us in the industrial age, which is subtractive manufacturing. Additive, as the word suggests, is when you add something to something else and you create another something, something different. Subtractive, think of sculpture. Think of a sculptor looking at a big block of stone and in order to manufacture or create the work of art, he or she must subtract from the block and give it a new form. 3D printing is a form of additive manufacturing. Some of the really incredible applications of it are, for instance, they can accurately create a uh, a human limb in 3D printing. And the beauty of it is that this, unlike a limb that would be manufactured on an assembly line where all the limbs that come off are a certain are the same, this one can be customized to an individual body and it will fit that body perfectly. Now, another industry that will be profoundly affected by 3D printing, it's already feeling it a bit now, is the construction industry. They can, and they already have done some prototypes, they can build a livable home in a matter of days with 3D printers. Think about what this would mean. You know when you're used to seeing a construction site, huge equipment, I mean, it has to be fixed in one place because the equipment is cumbersome, um, weighs tons, and the site is on a very, very specific location. Now, imagine a 3D printer that can print a home anywhere. And bingo, like in a science fiction movie, now you see it. Uh, First, you don't see it, and then you do. That's what they can do, and they'll be doing more and more of that in the future. So for people in construction, they um, should be looking at, in the near future, reinventing their, their work, because many of the jobs that are relevant today in manufacturing will become obsolete. Another area that uh, is being affected by digital technology, this one most people know about, but again, they don't appreciate the full impact of it, is transportation. Anyone who drives for a living should really be taking a closer look at their career choices. Unless, you know, they're nearing retirement and they say, well, I'm only going to be working another four or five years and I don't really care what technology does to transportation after that. 
But let's say it's a young person and they foresee a future in driving trucks or car cabs, whatever, for the next 25 or 30 years. They're going to be shocked if they're not paying attention to the changes that are happening because automated driverless cars and trucks and buses, etc., are slowly being introduced. They will become a reality in our society. A man named Ray Kurzweil, who wrote a fabulous book you definitely should read, The Singularity is Near, predicts that some of these major changes will be happening in the middle of the 21st century. Even before then, in the 2030s, for instance, and even in the late 2020s. Now, 2020 is coming up in a matter of months. Think about that. I know that a big companies like Costco are already creating, they're putting into place an infrastructure for driverless deliveries of all of their goods. So the drivers who used to bring things to Costco in their trucks, they're going to be out of a job. Again, you can look at this as something bad or as something really good. One of the big pluses of driverless cars and other vehicles is that ultimately they will be safer. Truck drivers um, are usually, especially if they're doing long-distance hauls, have to face fatigue. A lot of them use stimulants to stay awake. And it's not unlikely for a driver to fall asleep at the wheel and have a serious accident. That won't happen when you have driverless trucks, and the trucks will be able to drive 24-7. So that will definitely be more efficient and more economical for the companies using those trucks. There'll be driverless. As a matter of fact, there's been a prediction by Peter Diamandis, who wrote another book you must read, Bold, How to Go Big, Create Wealth, and impact the world. It's all about the explosion of digital technology. He talks about um, the fact that in about five to ten years, he predicts car ownership as we know it will be a thing of the past. There'll be ride sharing with driverless cars. So you can go into an app on your phone and say tomorrow morning to take me to work, I'm going to order my car to be at my home at 7.15 or 8.15, whatever. And at that appointed hour, the car shows up. There'll be other passengers in there who've also booked it and are going on a similar route as you. And then our cities won't be as congested and there'll also be less of a carbon footprint. Of course, the carbon footprint will also be affected by the fact that energy will be, is shifting from fossil fuels to electricity more and more. Witness the Tesla. What a wonderful car. Retail. We're already seeing retail begin to crumble. Um, Amazon is a perfect example. 
I know that I buy a lot of my stuff on Amazon, Amazon Prime. You cannot beat the service, the the um, convenience, the prices, um, the safety or let's say the guarantee security that you feel because if you don't like something, you can quickly return it. They make it simple to do. Uh, they absorb the expense. And we're going to be seeing much more of in um, in retail of robotic stores um, built on the Amazon model where they won't need uh, people at checkouts. I mean, right now, um, my supermarkets have uh, the self-serve lanes and I use them. A lot of people use them. Eventually, that'll be the only thing in the store. They will not need to have people there anymore. So that, and eventually, a lot of our purchases are going to be just done online so that retail will become a thing of the past. Here's one you probably didn't think about. Can you imagine chefs being replaced? I may have mentioned this in an earlier episode, but it's certainly worth uh, mentioning again. And you can look this up. You can find it on Google. There is right now uh, a robotic chef. A person can have that built into their home. Um, Imagine that that'll be a smart home. And the way it works is... All you need is the menu, or the the recipe, I mean, the recipe and the ingredients, and you feed the data into this mechanism, and you also put the ingredients in um, a specific place in the mechanism, and then turn it on, and this intelligent robot will create the meal for you, and it will be perfect so that you can be a gourmet chef. You can cook for a large number of people, and the work is the workload is off your shoulders. The robotic chef is doing the work for you. All you had to do was provide the ingredients and program it. Excuse me, I'm about to cough. <coughs> <coughs> Okay, let's come to the, what is the singularity? Everything we've been talking about involves artificial intelligence and different ways that it will be implemented in our lives. Ray Kurzweil, who wrote The Singularity is Near, defines the singularity as that point in time when artificial intelligence exceeds human intelligence. Ooh. Of course, Hollywood loves this notion because they're able to create horrific, convincing science fiction stories, horror stories about this, like Terminator 2, when the machines take over and destroy all of humanity. Will that be a possibility? Not going to rule it out. Will it probably happen? I don't think so. Certainly Ray Kurzweil doesn't think so. He believes that the singularity will give us a chance at actually uh, creating a much more exciting, 
abundant and fruitful future for ourselves. You don't have to buy into it. You see, everything is a story. That's the story that I choose to buy into. And if you do, too, you can find a lot of really intelligent data to back up the fact, to back up that belief that it's going to be a very positive thing. So what will happen when AI, and I think he believes it's going to happen around 2030 or 2039, something like that, that it's going to happen in the 2030s. Well, one of the things that will happen is in order to uh, be in the flow of this is that people like Ray Kurzweil will be merging with the machine. I know that sounds awful, sounds so unnatural, but bear with me, keep an open mind. What it literally will mean is that you're going to be putting some of this artificial intelligence, probably surgically, into your own brain, and then you can op- upload your consciousness to the cloud. And one of the things that Ray Kurzweil points to is that we will, when this happens, that we will develop the capacity of unlimited thinking. Our minds will not be limited the way they are now, which means that it's a form of immortality. Think about that. He has um, this in his book. He says, it's a quote, a mind that stays at the same capacity cannot live forever. Now, another... uh By the way, this is going to be also looked at as a transformation to a nano... to a nano-body experience. Oh no, I'm sorry, to a non-body experience. I got it wrong again. To a non-biological experience. Because when you're merging with machine, well, the machine is not part of biology. It's more a part of physics. There. I think I got it right that time. Now, a fabulous implication of digital technology expanding this way is in the U- is in medicine our ability to live longer and perhaps to live forever again you see this is going to meet with a lot of resistance why because well it's major change and we human creatures are not really excited about change We like to think we are, but we're really scared of it because it threatens our whole sense of who we are, our identity. But again, bear with me. Let's take this imaginary leap. Ray talks about what he calls longevity escape velocity. And what it simply means is that we will see a time when life expectancy extends longer than the time that's passing. Huh? Let me simplify that for you. Look at it in these terms. 
for every year that you're still alive, as digital technology gets starts to improve faster and faster, you have a better chance of living longer and perhaps living forever. So, another way of putting this into perspective is this. Let's say that for now, it takes one year of scientific research to give you the capacity to live one year longer. But when we reach escape velocity, you will be able to say, uh, they'll be able to do in one year of research, they'll be able to extend your life two years or maybe three years. Eventually, perhaps one year of research can extend your life 10 years. And eventually, many of these people who are who have this vision and who are working on it do believe that they will conquer that final frontier of death. They will solve it just like any other problem. Now, here are some of the powerful cultural and social stories that will resist that. The belief. First of all, biological life must end, and after that, you will transcend into an afterlife. I'm not going to argue that, especially if it's a deep religious belief that a person holds. Then there are people who feel, well, death is good for the human species. I have a lot of intelligent friends. When I talk to them about longevity and living forever, one of their first reactions is, no, that's, that's a, that'll be a nightmare. And I say, why? Well, population explosion, you know, where are they going to put all the people? Einstein said you cannot solve a problem with the same mind that created it. And you see, that view that the world will have too many people in it and can't sustain them is based on our knowledge or perception of reality from the past. We will need a, we will need a new paradigm. We will have to rethink how we even see space and time totally. And I'm willing to take that leap. Another idea is that radical life extension is actually anti-human. Well, yeah, it is, according to how we have understood humans to uh, the, the word human until now, according to how we've understood what humanity is until now. But again, different mind for seeing a vision of a different reality is what we need, a different mind. And then there's the belief death gives meaning to life. Once again, in our current paradigm or view of the universe, that's true. So we will need new ways to create meaning. I believe that essentially Everything is ultimately, in and of itself, meaningless. We, as storytellers, impose meaning on reality. We create meaning. Shakespeare said, Nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Think about that one. How will we create meaning? 
This is a look at the singularity. And actually, I, I think I was wrong about the time frame. Um, I think that Ray Kurzweil actually indicates that it'll be around 2045 that that will actually happen uh, historically. Now, there was a time um, when the human, the entire world believed that the earth was the center of the universe. And then it was discovered that the sun was the center. And that belief was considered heresy. Yes, heresy. They wanted to burn people at the stake for embracing that idea. Today, it's just a given. So, will the singularity be part of your life? Will you resist it? Will you fight it tooth and nail? Will you embrace it? Will you look forward to it? Or will you dread it? You decide. Explore it. It will make for some mind-expanding learning. I would suggest that you download one of these books, if not both of them, Bold and The Singularity is Near. From Audible, you can get one of them absolutely free by just going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power, listening to it and getting either really excited or really scared or maybe a bit of both. But whatever you do, approach it with a sense of adventure and launch yourself into that adventure with the question, how can I change my story? and change my life. Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.